Jay, thank you so much for joining the podcast. So I just want to give a little background to anybody who's listening of like how we actually met. And we met from a, a, a mutual friend, which is Eric. And uh, Eric, who, who I had on the podcast um, on episode one, who uh, he we did the podcast and he was telling me that right after this podcast, I'm going to be checking out... Um, going to my friend shop, which was you, who, mm-hmm. who opened uh, Minimal Matcha. Right. And um, as a big fan of matcha myself, and knowing your story about, um, you know, you working in tech and then kind of pursuing this um, full-time? Yeah, this is, full- this is my full-time right full-time? now. Yeah, so I kind of just want to bring you in because as a person who's kind of searching for, um, you know, searching for uh, a place where I could like, you know, pursue my passion and mm-hmm. turn it into a business. Right. Um, I kind of want to have you in here and maybe you could just tell about, um, tell us about like, you know, where you went to school and then kind of bring it up all the way to Minimal Matcha. Sounds great. Well, yeah. thanks for having me, Rich. Super happy to be, you know, on, on your podcast. So I was born and raised in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and mm-hmm. I came here for college. So that was 10 years ago. Came here to college 2009 mm-hmm. and I went to Iowa State. So kind of middle of nowhere, but that was possibly the best experience for me because it's mm-hmm. the most American experience for me. And after graduating, I spent a couple years in Seattle working in the tech industry. Um, and I've always been into building products from a software perspective, but I've always liked uh, more tangible things because I built software and it's things that you touch with a touch screen or you click with your mouse, but it's just never something that you get to hold. And um, long story short, spent a couple years in Seattle and moved out here to, to San Francisco, nice. uh, also in the tech industry, and I spent a couple more years. And Minimal Matcha kind of came about um, at the start of this year, but it actually started as sort of a joke between me and another buddy of mine, Kevin. Mm-hmm. We both met at Twitch, and we had a passion for all things Japanese, and mm-hmm. we joked around, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we created a brand we might not even know where to go get the matcha, but let's just create a really cool brand because we're inspired by streetwear. Yeah. We're looking at brands that, you know, they're making it big and they're selling their products super hot and we want to do something cool. So it started as a joke and um, it kind of became a reality this this earlier this year for mm-hmm. me. Wow, that's crazy. And so did, does your friend work on Minimal Matcha full-time as well, Kevin? So Kevin Kevin has a great job. He still works mm-hmm. at he still works at Twitch, um, but he is responsible for a lot of the beautiful designs that you would see on our product. Mm-hmm. A lot, the labels were created by him. The logo was also crafted by him. So he was responsible for a lot of the visual aesthetics for, for our brand. Yeah. yeah. So why, out of all things, um, you mentioned that you're into style. Why, why matcha? Okay. So... Matcha, matcha kind of came into my life a few years ago. Growing up, and this is weird for, for, for an Asian kid to not drink tea, but growing up, mm-hmm. anytime I encountered tea and I drank tea, I kind of had a headache. And so I associate, associated like, you know, migraines and headache with tea. So to be honest, I think before matcha, I probably could only drink tea like a handful of times. Really? Yeah, but I went to Japan a couple years ago and I discovered matcha I was like, wow, I really like the flavor, and it's great. They had it in desserts. They had it in, like, lattes and drinks. Mm-hmm. The, the possibilities are endless. And um, w- once I came here to San Francisco, I've been working a lot longer hours, and mm-hmm. I started drinking a lot more coffee, but I realized that coffee is great. It gave me, you know, the boost, but once I hit a certain limit, which is about three cups for me, I start getting the jitters, yeah. and, it, it, you know, I... 
I didn't, I couldn't keep my calm during meetings. And mm-hmm. shortly after, through midday, I would just crash. Yeah. And I would feel really slow. So I started experimenting with matcha, and mm-hmm. it just started with okay, what if I just get the powder? And then I got just very obsessed with it. I started looking, okay, how do you brew perfect matcha? So mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballed from there. And long story short, like here we are with minimal matcha today. Yeah. yeah. So I, I read the bio uh, on your website, and mm-hmm. you get it from uh, Japan. Do yep. you, does that tip? Is that are most uh, matcha powders are they uh, created in Japan or like say if I were to go to my local Whole Foods, mm-hmm. um, would I find typical matcha that's uh, imported from Japan? So matcha did originate from from Japan. Japan yeah. It's got a l- crazy long history and um, matcha has been around for actually a thousand years. Mm. The seeds came uh, were from China and a monk brought it back to to Japan and over time they cultivated it and. Um, they started making matcha as a drink. So mm-hmm. people drank it in the past because they were meditating for long hours. They needed that sustenance. And then samurais drank it because back then there was no energy drink. Yeah. And samurais had to train uh, and be ready to fight. So they drank that. But now, obviously, in Japan, matcha is pretty ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. It's just like coffee yeah. and people drink it. But yes, Matcha originates from Japan, mm-hmm. but due to the popularity over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. other countries such as Korea, Taiwan, and also China have been cultivating and also growing matcha. Mm. Um, so they there are there are different like I guess breeds and cultivars and also blends of matcha. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to check the packaging when you buy it and see where it comes from and mm-hmm. even which region or which place in Japan it comes from truly matters too. Oh man, that's that's crazy. I never knew. It. I thought it was just like a. So when I drink matcha, especially with my fiance, she she loves matcha, mm-hmm. and um, we we typically go to you know the what's the one in Japan town where they create like lattes and things like that. Yeah, you yeah. never with those kind of things, you actually don't even know like the background story of where it, like originated from and things like that. Which is super fascinating. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I just got obsessed and I, I geek out over these things. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we were starting minimal matcha, I wanted to know as much as I can. So. You know, I, I just crawled through the web, I bought books, I mm-hmm. talked to Japanese farmers and I tried to just soak up as much as I can because I wanted to truly represent matcha for what it is and mm-hmm. I just got really obsessed with it. And that's crazy. So, and I kind of want to take it back yeah, where, yeah. Uh, you know, you were working in tech mm-hmm. and you had this idea which was first started off as a joke. Um, now it's, you're doing this full time. Yeah. Um, where did you get that like, that push that courage to actually do that because you know working in tech you know myself i work in tech i yeah uh, we're actually doing this podcast in in my office um how did you i, I want to know like what what gave you the strength to actually do that and and leave a very you know stable job and i'm sure it pays well to mm-hmm. you know going out to the unknown and uh, pursuing in, in your passion yeah yeah well after Twitch, I joined a, a Series A startup, and you know it's been a fun roller coaster ride. But because it is a Series A startup, things are kind of unstable there. Mm-hmm. So I've started tinkering about what am I gonna do next. I don't think the longevity of this company is super long, mm-hmm. um, and you know it is through luck that I actually lost my job and mm-hmm. I got laid off, and so that gave me the the best option. I, I'm basically a blank slate at this point. Do I go look for a job again, or do I, you know, start something of my own and create something tangible? Mm-hmm. And I took the leap of faith, and I've decided I'm gonna go ahead with minimal matcha. So, yeah. 
losing my job was actually the biggest and best like catalyst for me to actually do what I'm doing now. I gotta say the 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 um the name minimal matcha is super catchy and I think it's great. Uh, so I'm not sure if you know this, but like uh, I I live like a very minimalist mm-hmm. lifestyle. I have a blog about minimalism, and that's how we met our oh that's how I met our mutual friend yeah. um, Eric because he had a. He had a YouTube channel that kind of revolves around minimalism. The word uh, minimal and minimal matcha, was mm-hmm. it due to the fact of you being a minimalist or just the, I guess, the contract and the meaning behind matcha? So it's definitely a little bit of both. Okay. Over the years, ever since I, I like discovered Mary Kondo's like the art of, uh, the magic art of tidying up, mm-hmm. I've started cleaning up my stuff and I started really looking through my, my stuff and seeing what do I need? What do I don't need? And over time, I've sort of kind of picked up, you know, the, the minimalist lifestyle. But when we were coming out with the matcha name, it took us a little while. We were scratching our heads because we wanted, I love puns, and we're trying to do yeah. something punny. Like, <laughs> I love you so matcha. Thank you so matcha. Like, that, yeah. anything that, that makes matcha be part of, like, the pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really came down to a couple where minimal matcha really just stood out because... I believe in minimalism, but I also wanted the brand to um, represent minimalism in, in its true sense. And, mm-hmm. and we mean that in terms of the packaging, we give you just enough and the most important information that you need. Uh, we're very minimal in terms of um, the processes to make the matcha as well. So we care about the environment and we take minimalism sort of to the next level where every, every step in the process in producing the product, we try to reduce waste as much nice. as we can. So. Minimal matcha kind of just, just it, it was a fitting name for it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So um, do you consider yourself as a minimalist or is minimalism just for the brand and sake for uh, minimal matcha? I would say I'm not like a super hardcore minimalist, mm-hmm. but I've definitely narrowed down my, my wardrobe. And now I have, you know, my staples, my basics mm-hmm. and a couple fun fun outfits here and there. But in general, I try to live pretty minimally. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, so a typical day to day for you, mm-hmm. um, running this your your company. Yeah. What does that look like? So, day to day is pretty much seven days a week. I I I am sort of working to a, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of flexible because I get to set my my, my schedule. Yeah. And us being an e commerce brand, mm-hmm. um, the site's live twenty four seven. But every day I wake up in the morning. I try to wake up around eight o'clock and try to get a quick workout in. Um, mm-hmm. that, that just kind of grounds me and I know there's a routine for me every day. And then I start whipping out uh, a, a matcha. Nice. Whip, whipping, whip, whisking up a bowl of matcha. matcha. And uh, my day kind of goes from there and it kind of depends if I needed to go meet like prospective clients mm-hmm. or because I'm the only one working full time, I also handle the packaging and delivery as well. So it kind of really varies and my schedule is very flexible. And then whenever I can in the afternoon, uh, I'll try to spend some time to work on, you know, our social media mm-hmm. and also any marketing that we might be doing in the mm-hmm. next few months. So we're like we're we're always planning a couple weeks ahead. Nice. I think when I first reached out to you, I asked if you're planning to open like a little pop up shop or um, a brick and mortar shop. Is mm-hmm. that still in the pipeline, or right now do you just want to focus? on uh, the e-commerce site and the website? So I think it's definitely great for the brand, uh, great for the company too, to have more physical presence because mm-hmm. that's just how people get to relate to it. Mm-hmm. They could come and find out more about the product. 
Um, but you know, San Francisco is very costly. Mm-hmm. So I think right now uh, I'm definitely more towards pop-ups um, mm-hmm. because it, it gives us the flexibility of being in different locations, interacting with different communities, mm-hmm. and um, physical store. We'll see how it goes to, depending on you mm-hmm. know how much runway we have with our funds. Nice, nice. And um, I kind of want to talk about matcha itself. So mm-hmm. it looks like right now I have Monday. How many versions of uh, matcha do you currently have in your store? So we have two, and they're kind of aptly named. One called Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, the name came about because we were thinking, you know, it's like a weekend treat yourself kind of matcha and Sunday is definitely our crown jewel it's the most premium that's out there and it's in, in its class and Monday is a lot more affordable and mm-hmm. you know we think of it as kind of the workhorse of the week like you you got to drink a couple times a week Monday is perfect for that nice and you came up with the the packaging and this, mm-hmm. this setup this is really nice yeah so we try to do we try to support a lot of local businesses too so mm-hmm. the glass amber jar here that you see it's sourced directly here in the Bay Area from a glass manufacturer. Um, we get the labels from also a local printer here. So we try to support a lot of local businesses. Oh, awesome. This is great. Just the feel of it. You know, being a designer, like, I know when it's it's quality, and this is definitely quality. Yeah, we, we decided, you know, it's going to be a really minimal packaging. Mm-hmm. We needed certain things to stand up better, so we opted for a higher-quality, recyclable um, like plastic cap top that you're, you're looking at mm-hmm. the sticker also it's you know it's a lot thicker and mm-hmm. there's an extra sheen to it so we we took like those details into account but we wanted it to be very very minimal mm-hmm. um, very straightforward in something that you would wouldn't mind putting on your shelf somewhere mm-hmm. yeah. from previous experience from you know working in your, your various uh, tech position mm-hmm. do you use that to apply to minimal matcha so yes I think through working the tech, I, you know, learn of the importance of having like to-do lists or like mm-hmm. even like boards where we get to organize what we need to do. Even if it's just me alone, um, it's super helpful to keep me organized. Mm-hmm. And I think we sort of take an iterative approach to to a lot of things. So mm-hmm. a lot of things you're looking at right now is quote unquote like minimum viable product. It's MVP yeah. for us, and we have some yeah. plans to to obviously iterate on them. But we're sort of taking that as an iterative approach and. Um, as a company as well, I think because I've had, I've had experience in tech, um, we're using a little bit of tech as well to kind of do forecasting to know, hey, this season, how much matcha are we going to import? Um, and how, because matcha is very, it's pretty fragile. It doesn't, it doesn't stay fresh for very long. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to reduce waste to, through, through like, um, forecasting how much we need and whatnot. Gotcha. With, um, so your typical way of making matcha, maybe you could just talk through that. Like, sure. what, what's the, I know there's multiple ways. Like, yeah, there's a, I've been to so many places where my fiance wants matcha, but it's like either you want a matcha latte, do you want the matcha mm. ice cream, do you want um, like a nice cold latte, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. so there's there's multiple ways to oh, actually absolutely. make matcha. What's your favorite way, and what's it? Maybe you could give us a brief discussion of like how or how many types of way you can make matcha. Okay, so. I actually brought a book with me, and it shows that there are 50 different ways that you can incorporate oh, matcha into mm-hmm. your life, mm-hmm. whether it's as a tea, latte, or you want to make matcha salt, and which is sprinkle on like grilled mm-hmm. foods. It's amazing because it brings out certain types of flavor that you mm-hmm. want to experience. 
But my favorite way of making matcha is brewing it um, or whisking it like a tea. So that's the traditional way. And I like that because it, in making matcha is sort of an act of mindfulness. When you're making matcha or, or when you're brewing tea, you're not really focusing on anything else. That's the one thing that you're doing. So even for a short minute of me whisking matcha, I, I like that. That, that calmness that, that I get from it. Mm, nice. Yeah. So um, what are you, I, would, I want to say, what's your five favorite way of making matcha? Okay, so I would say tea on its mm. own and whisking it with a bamboo whisk is definitely mm. my top right there. Um, I've Because of the summer heat, I've been liking to um, pour my matcha, which I put in the water bottle, mm. and I just shake it vigorously. So that's yeah. cold brew, mm-hmm. and it's super easy for everybody to do it. Um, you could obviously add some milk to it, add a little bit of you know, honey or agave syrup and sweeten up. There you go, you got your matcha latte. Yeah. So those are my top three. There two are newer and like newer recipes that I'm trying out. I like to pour some LaCroix with and oh, mix nice, it with matcha. Nice. So there's a little bit of fizz, fizz to it. Yeah. So I like that a lot too. And then my last one is a new one that I've, I've kind of been playing with it um and this is sort of matcha mixed with um, something we call golden milk mm-hmm. which is milk mixed with a little turmeric and then you put matcha and it's oh, and it blends really great. well so it's very earthy kind of warms your tummy up and mm-hmm. um it's got that slightly spicy gingery f- feeling to it can you also bake with uh, matcha yeah you can nice. totally bake with matcha too and mm-hmm. i think this is where it's useful for us to talk about um, we talked about you know where matcha came from um, what are the countries that produce matcha, mm-hmm. but also the different grades mm-hmm. of matcha. Mm-hmm. So there isn't like an official matcha organization association that defines these standards, mm-hmm. but it's generally uh, pretty, pretty, pretty well known that there's a ceremonial grade, which is the highest grade possible. Yeah. It's so high grade that you only want to use it for like Japanese tea ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So that's ceremonial grade. Um, kind of the in-between, some people are defining it, they're calling the latte grade. Mm-hmm because you can mix it with milk or different kinds of like milky liquids. So there'll be latte grade. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the last grade is culinary grade. So you want to mm-hmm. use this for baking, making desserts, that will be great. So, because it kind of defeats the purpose to use a super high quality matcha yeah. and to add it to a ton of other sugar and milk and it mm-hmm. just kind of dilutes the flavor. Yeah, yeah. No, I think oh, right before we started this podcast, we were talking about the, the guy who was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And he he went on and on about all the different type of grades of uh, of matcha mm-hmm. and how he was saying, oh, that like his is the best. But I when I first listened to that podcast, I thought it was like total bullshit. <laughs> but no, from what you're saying, it's I think it's exactly, he was exactly right, right? With the, all the different multiple uh, grades. But... Oh, super interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like fine wines. Like for example, champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only call it champagne if it came from champagne. But mm-hmm. if it came from elsewhere in the world, people would just call it like sparkling wine or bubbly. Yeah. Um, and so matcha in Japan, obviously, is it's a very sacred um, thing, and they use it for the traditional Japanese tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of greats out there, and the best, best, best stuff actually. Are, can only be found in Japan, yeah. and you don't find it elsewhere uh, in the world. And so I think this is where our brand is unique in the sense mm-hmm. that we partner directly with an artisan tea farmer, and they've been doing this for multi-generations. Yeah. They're the fourth generation, and so we have an agreement with them where we buy a certain allotment of mm-hmm. matcha from them um, each season. And so 
there are four seasons to matcha, but we exclusively only use the first season. I'm curious about that. So how did you meet, like, how did you meet them and how did you reach out to them? Did you actually go to Japan to meet them? So, so what happened was we started a lot of our search, you know, through, through the internet, yeah. that's for sure. Um, and I'm not going to lie, we, we had the name down, we were making uh, the labels and packaging, we got a lot of stuff figured out, but we weren't sure about the actual product itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started, we started um, reaching out to a lot of matcha companies. And a fun fact is that 50% of matcha exported out of Japan is actually um, processed and also exported by one company out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty easy to find once you search it online. Yeah. Um, and they pretty much take care of most of the exports. And then you have smaller companies here and there that fill up the, the remaining 50%. Mm-hmm. So we started from there, and through a mutual friend, um, I got connected to our current farmer right now. Mm-hmm. And we've gone back and forth um, on video calls, emails, and phone call and we finally got an agreement to work together and this coming fall will be my first time at flying out to go visit them in the nice. farm yeah nice. so we'll get some real face time and um i'll like love to also document the entire process of making matcha oh that's awesome I, what are some things that you do to for you know building the brand and uh coming not coming up with idea but just building the brand itself i know you mentioned that you spend a lot of the time you know um working on your website or mm-hmm. you know spending time on social media um are there any other tactics that you use to actually start building the brand um i think because the brand is something that's really important especially right. when you're you have your own startup mm-hmm. so is there anything that you do in spe- specifically to to build your brand so what we did was we debuted, at, us as a company, as a brand, we debuted at the San Francisco Matcha Festival mm, um, okay. back back in May. And I, that was a two-day event, and I think there were about 5,000 attendees. Mm-hmm. So people who came to those festivals are people who obviously know what matcha is or mm-hmm. like the taste of matcha. And so that was great, being able to connect with the local community, also being able to understand, hey, do our product lineup make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Um, does the price point make sense to you? It really helped us really figure out, are we doing the right things for MVP? So that from then on, we got a lot more word of mouth, and now we are working on some smaller collaborations with like local artisans, mm-hmm. um, local makers. And I think in a lot of ways, we were trying to connect with the local community. Um, e-commerce is, 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 a great, is a great way of, you know, um, I guess like announcing the brand, but to grow more followers and following, I think we have to work with the local community. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing the people that you do work with, they, they love uh, what you're doing here. Is there any maybe tips or advice that you would give for someone who's maybe starting their own brand or starting their own company? Um, if so, like what are some of, some of the things that you can help them out with? Mm, absolutely. I would say, I would say, I, I, I'm in a unique position where I, I had the opportunity to go full-time into this. Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, a day job, and but you're curious and you're wanting to explore something new, I think doing something as your side hustle really is the best of both worlds. You have your day job and you get to explore, um, you know, creating a brand or something else. I would say... Um, such as like resources and you know tools, such as Shopify has really helped a mm-hmm. lot too because you might not need to know how to completely build a website, but Shopify makes it super easy for you to do that. Yeah. Um, I would say 
keep your voice or your branding genuine as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that really helps because, to be honest, people could sniff through BS. Yeah, and no, so for sure. if you're being real, I think if you're being real and if your product is solid, I think people would generally like it. Oh, nice. I mean, I just from the packaging itself, this is something that really intrigues me. Um, as far as you know dealing with some of your clients or mm. dealing with collaborations um, is there any specific way that you uh, like reach out to them in order to try the product um, I do follow minimum matcha and I see like um, there's a lot of you know micro influencers who are, are using uh, this product do you just kind of like cold call them or do you just maybe DM them and say like, hey, you want to try this product? Or how does that typically go? Yeah, so it's definitely a, a mixture of those um, outreach efforts. So there are some where I would just, you know, write them, a, write them a DM and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm Jay, I'm from Minimal Matcha, a little blurb of what we are and um, ask if they would love to collaborate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are willing to collaborate. Um, and we've gone somewhere because we're doing giveaways and micro influencers kind of have a community and they know of us and they reach out straight to us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also trying to leverage some of my connections and my friends in like the food and beverage industry mm -hmm. and ask for, hey, can you introduce me to so-and-so? Um, you just kind of have to be a, a little thick skin and just go and reach out to people. Yeah. Um, and people are generally nice and if they don't want to work with you, um, they're pretty honest about that too, which is okay. Yeah, which I mean, at, at least you're trying to, I mean, there was that quote that Michael Jordan always said, like, to be honest, I'm not really a big basketball fan, <laughs> but like, it's, the, uh, you miss 100% of the shots, the shots you, don't, you don't take, yeah. right? So, no, that's that's great. And um, before I lose this uh, train of thought, um, a lot of people that I kind of spoke to who, uh, that you just met recently, they kind of mm -hmm. want to know the, maybe the chemistry of, matcha and oh. maybe you could just talk a little bit about that so why is this like maybe better than coffee or why is it why is there it gives you that boost but no crash oh sure yeah. so um let me talk through like how how do you how do you grow and how do you i guess like craft matcha mm -hmm. so matcha is 100 percent just green tea leaf that's ground mm -hmm. and uh, the fun fact is black tea green tea white tea all teas out there actually come from the same plant called Camellia sinensis. And this plant, when it's grown under shade, which is how matcha is cultivated, um, it goes in it goes into this survival mode mm -hmm. where it thinks, okay, I don't have my sunlight anymore. What is going on? Mm -hmm. And it'll try to boost chlorophyll to the top uh, of the plant. Mm -hmm. So those leaves will get a ton of chlorophyll, which is why it's so vibrant and green. Mm -hmm. um, but during that process too, it also creates different kinds of chemicals and a ton of antioxidants. And you mentioned no jitters, no crash. Yeah. It's one specific component called L-theanin. Mm. And it's, a, it's an amino acid that comes through this process of this plant trying to survive with very low sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so what you get when you're drinking matcha is you're consuming the entire tea leaf because it's ground up. Mm -hmm. So you get the caffeine, um, and one serving of matcha has um, equivalent caffeine as one espresso shot. So, oh really? Yeah. So you well, get so you get about the same amount of caffeine as espresso shot, but caf caffeine and coffee works a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of get a one to three hours of boosts, and then it kind of just kind of kind of has like a sharp drop from there. Whereas matcha, it's it's like 
it's a smoother ride and you have about four to six hours of, of, of like uh, half-life with the caffeine. Mm-hmm. So what you'll end up getting is just a smoother ride and it slowly tapers off. And so you just don't get this jolt mm-hmm. and crash kind of feeling with it. Nice, nice. Yeah. And so, and you mentioned that this, they all derive from the same type of leaf or, oh, for teas. So black Black tea, white tea, they all come from the same plant. Mm, but it's just a different way of process. Effect. Oh, just the way that it's processed is differently. Because you mentioned that um, when like the, the the top of the leaf where yeah. it gets, uh, I, I don't even know the correct term, but the, that special... Um, when, like, when it gets shaded? Shaded, yeah. So, so yes. So, all, so it, matcha is special due to two reasons. One, it's how it's grown. Mm-hmm. So if you were growing black tea, you wouldn't shade the tea plant at mm-hmm. all. You wouldn't, you wouldn't grow it under shade. And um, with regular green tea too, you just let it grow under sunlight. Mm-hmm. But with matcha, before harvesting, about 20 to 30 days, we would, the farmers would gradually actually shade the plant. So they'll put like tarp on top and yeah. whatnot and slowly cut off sunlight from mm-hmm. them. And so then it goes through the survival mode process. Yeah. Uh, matcha is also processed differently. So black tea is oxidized, so that's why it, it turns in a different color too. Mm-hmm. Matcha, after harvesting, what the farmers and the processors do is they actually flash steam it for just about 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And steaming it stops it from oxidizing. So that's why it can retain this green, vibrant color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes through a drying process. The stems and veins of the leaves are removed which then, depending on how the processor wants to process it, you can put all the leaves into cold storage so you can have year-round availability, mm-hmm. or if not, you would grind it up immediately. Nice. And there you, ha- there you go, you have the powder. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very delicate and also very crafty process, which is why matcha um, is generally more expensive than other types of tea out there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I didn't know that, that much process goes into into matcha. Like, so the, this place that I uh, go to in Japantown, it just you you order it and you just you know you get it. But then mm-hmm. there's a, there's like a process that that you go through to you know receive a matcha drink, which is which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very yeah. it's very laborious. And so yeah. if you think about it. And then this is where I'm going to unpack a little bit more of the geekiness about behind matcha and specifically our matcha. Um, Sunday is our crown jewel mm-hmm. in, in our matcha selection. And the reason being, the matcha trees are actually more than 20-year-olds. They're really? very, very old. And mm-hmm. that's why it's, it's got this maturity to its flavor. Mm-hmm. It's got this robustness to its flavor. And first off, the farmers would have to have grown this about 20, 20 years, years ago, ago. Yeah. To, to now have to plant um, and when they're harvesting, we're only picking the top most tender tea, uh, mm-hmm. like tea leaves. So you're not getting a whole lot yeah. of tea leaves, which then you go through the process of steaming it, drying it, mm-hmm. and then grinding it. And this is where our farmers take it to the next level, and they still use traditional granite stone mills. And mm-hmm. it's a laborious process, but you end up with a much finer product. And so it's so laborious that it takes, even though a machine is moving it, it takes an hour to grind a jar of our matcha. Holy crap, dude. That's so crazy. it's a lot of work when you kind of think about it. And then the other part that we, we kind of take it to the next level in terms of freshness is after it's ground, we actually air freighted um, straight from Japan to here, mm-hmm. SFO. Wow. And so, then you just pick it up from like SFO? How does that? So, oh, we, so, we, have, so we have FedEx and delivers it to, to our storage unit too. 
You know what? It, I'm, I'm trying to recall the first time I ever had matcha, and I feel like the craze of matcha is fairly new. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I feel like the 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 very first time I had matcha was like maybe at like Bubble Guys where they have like mm-hmm. a matcha flavored whatever. Yeah. Is there is there a reason for this like uh, the latest craze for matcha? Um, or am I was I just blinded and haven't seen it all through my life until later on? No, uh, you're 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 absolutely right. It's definitely there's there's an uptick in in the interest of matcha, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of this is just. Um, I think I attribute a lot of the great work that's been done by Matcha Bar. So Matcha Bar is, I believe, the very first matcha-focused cafe mm-hmm. here in the United States. And they started about five-plus years ago in is New York City. Is it U.S.? I mean, not U.S., but California? They're in, they're in New York City, but they opened a location in Los Angeles. Too. Los Angeles. So okay. I kind of see them as the, the people that pioneered you know, matcha into our lives here in mm-hmm. North America. Um, and they get a lot of publicity... And over time, matcha is just something that I think a lot more shops and beverage um, places trying to incorporate it mm-hmm. into. So there's definitely an uptick. If you ch- go check out Google Trends, you'll see like a pretty, pretty steady like in- incline towards yeah. like where where we where it is today. But I think matcha, it's still like I said, a lot of people know about it, but they still don't know how to differentiate the different grades or mm-hmm. um, the origin of matcha, what about the contents and the antioxidants in it. So I think people are starting to dig a little deeper and they're starting to appreciate um, these artisanal matcha, if you will. Matcha, no, that's that's amazing. And um, like, do, do you still drink coffee at all or do you strictly just drink matcha? Oh, I, I totally still drink coffee. Uh-huh. I mean, I have nothing against it's coffee. coffee. Yeah. I, like the t- I like the smell of it. The mm-hmm. just, you know, go into a coffee shop on a weekend to just grab you know grab a pastry and coffee i feel like it's, it's great so i'm i'm pro matcha but i still drink coffee nice nice man that's that's a, that's definitely an eye-opener just with all the stuff that we've been talking about um i'm a avid coffee drinker i drink coffee every morning but i there was a time in my life where i did switch from uh coffee to, to matcha mm-hmm. and you know i didn't have any crashes uh i felt good i felt very like cleanse in a way as weird as it sounds yeah. um, is there any like maybe tips or advice for someone who maybe wants to get out of you know stop drinking coffee or for whatever reason that is and maybe switch into to matcha yeah i would say you probably if, if you're an avid coffee drinker you might want to kind of ease yourself into it going cold turkey would probably be you know it would be a shock to your system because you're used to getting you know some level of caffeine and all of a sudden you may not be getting enough of it and mm-hmm. you'll start getting like, you know, like the coffee, like caffeine headaches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I would say if you don't feel like you want to invest a whole lot into matcha, mm-hmm. just getting high quality matcha and cold brewing it. Literally take matcha and put room temperature water, put it in any water bottle that you want and shake it vigorously. Mm-hmm. That's cold brew matcha. You can mix that with milk or anything else yeah i think that's super easy and it's very approachable for at least people like i said we're always on the go Mm -hmm. um and most people have like a shaker bottle of sorts Mm -hmm. so i think it's very approachable that way awesome man and what are some we've been actually talking for a good almost 40 minutes and that i felt like (laughs) that went by so fast i did yeah so i'm i'm curious for minimal matcha, mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to talk uh, about maybe your goals for minimal matcha, short term and long long term. Um, right. If you don't mind sharing, like, well, maybe what are some short term goals for minimal matcha? Absolutely. You know, so, we want to achieve. So, we've invested 
in creating the brand. We've invested in buying, you know, certain units from our farmers. And my real short-term goal, because matcha just has this, it's not a very short lifespan. But if we keep it properly in our cold storage, it it'll, it'll last any time from twelve months to up to eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So the earlier we sell it, the fresher it's gonna be. And um, my short-term goal is obviously to um, finish selling my first run, which mm-hmm. uh, we still have some of it left, and decide what, how much we're going to actually invest for our second run. Mm-hmm. But speaking of long-term goals, I would love to be able to create a matcha beverage that is high quality, it's tasty, doesn't have all the unnecessary sugars that you might find, mm-hmm. um, and stocked it into a fridge near you so that you can grab and just go. grab and go yeah. yeah i think that's the best way to get people to kind of appreciate the flavor of matcha but also mm-hmm. the health benefits that it has but um i i also tell people like hey brewing matcha can be a little bit more tricky to get into because there might be certain tools and you yeah. need to know how to actually brew matcha but i do think it's a wonderful act of mindfulness and mm-hmm. it's great these days we're always rushing to oh, get yeah. things done quicker or sooner and if you can have a couple minutes to yourself in the morning or in the afternoon to just have a little zen mm-hmm. um i find that super valuable for me so, yeah no same here especially like working in the silicon valley i feel like everyone here is in the rat race there's some people just need to like chill a little bit and yeah and just that's kind of the things that i do with like you know making coffee i use the mm-hmm. chemex and you know just making coffee and just stopping you know and you know, right when I wake up, do a little meditation. But when I make my coffee, it's like I'm in this Zen mode where all I really focus is on on making coffee. But absolutely. I feel like you could do this with with matcha. Yeah, absolutely. especially like the tools that you have here. Um, we currently don't have a camera, but I mean, you have a bowl, whisk, and then you have the matcha. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to prepare this, and I think it's a it's a good indicator of like you know taking the time for for the little things. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really about focusing. The, the short amount of time that you have in in just brewing matcha, I think that that short act of making matcha, it, it's great for you. Yeah, definitely, man. But yeah, let's, um, any, any special shout outs or where can people find your matcha and what's the best way to reach out to you if, if needed? Okay, well, yeah. great. Well, well, Rich, again, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, on your podcast it's been super fun like you said time flew by really quickly. super fast yeah. yeah so happy to take follow-up questions if anyone wants mm-hmm. to you know um you can reach me at j at minimal if you want to email me if not you can check us out on instagram which is minimal matcha or the website minimal so mm-hmm. i think um you can get you can get everything online um if you have questions definitely reach out and to, to you listeners out there would like to throw a special discount code as well oh, rich sweet. rich 10 so r-i-c-h 10 and Ooh. they'll give you 10 percent off across the entire site oh thanks i'll definitely put that on my instagram too man um a quick question are there any events that you're going to be attending in the near future that may, people may be able to like stop by or nothing in the pipeline so we have a couple but it's not quite finalized okay. we're trying to work with a brand called always aloha shave eyes mm-hmm. and they make um, shave eyes and they, they, they kind of travel through the city mm-hmm. so we're working on a couple collaborations um fingers crossed they come through we have a couple more um, sort of like uh, company-sponsored events, such as Pinterest. We'll be at Pinterest, and we'll do uh, 
kind of a matcha 101 class with the people at Pinterest and we did one recently at Twitter. So we're also trying to look for um, companies that would like to, hey, do wellness classes or try to do like a fun night out for their team. Um, we do that kind of events too. Awesome, man. Well, Jay, thanks again for stopping by. I really appreciate you coming to the office and sitting down and chat with me. It was really fun. Hope we meet again. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. Sweet. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and make some matcha. Let's do it. <laughs>